and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Angie Williams. Hi, Ange. Hi, how are you? I am good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's always fun talking with you. How's life? It's good. It's hot. Is it? Yeah, it's really hot. It was like 104 yesterday, and our air conditioner broke, so it's like not working today. No. Um, So yeah, it's been, we've we've both just been kind of like laying under fans. Oh, that's rough. That (laughs) is rough. Yeah, the guy's supposed to come in the morning. Oh, hopefully. It never used to get hot here. I mean, we didn't have an air conditioner for years. Really? Yeah, and then... um, because, I mean, we live pretty close to the coast, mm-hmm. and uh, and we live west of Sacramento, and it gets blazing hot in Sacramento. Oh. So, um, kind of like how in the summer you can never see the uh, Golden Gate Bridge because it's just fogged in all the time. Yeah. Like the, wor- the very worst time to go to San Francisco is the summer. Yeah. It's cold, 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 because... It's so hot in San Francisco, and the heat pulls the fog um, from the Pacific Ocean uh-huh. in, um, and we are in that we are in that fog belt. So we're not so much as San Francisco. You know, we're about forty five minutes from the coast, so it's not it doesn't get uh, as cold as that. But um, uh-huh. but we we do get that we're in the fog belt, so it we do get that cool down. So. You know, I grew up in Texas. It was hot yeah. all the time at night, you know, all day. Like you really just never got a break. Yeah. And here every evening it, it'll get it gets pretty cool every evening, even if it's blazing hot during the day. But I would anyway, like that. So we used to never get really hot, maybe one or two days a year. Yeah. Um, it would get kind of in the high 90s, you know, low hundreds and. I don't know what probably around 2017. Yeah. Um, that changed, and there's this little thing called uh, global warming, and yeah, yeah. How about <laughs> that change? And, you mean that's real? Uh, huh? I said you mean that's real? Oh yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that's what I hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now it's like every summer, and we we got air conditioning in uh, in 2017 because. Um, we were just like, uh, we just can't, we were, we used to like fill the tub up halfway with, uh, cool water. Yeah. And then, um, during the day, like we would just, um, you know, go lay in the tub for yeah. a few minutes yeah. and cool off. And then we <laughs> get dressed and, you know, walk around the house. Yeah. Um, but especially now that we're working from home mm-hmm. so much, it's, um, needed, we need, and we have dogs and, yeah. you know, creatures that need yeah, uh, some coolness. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I, I, you know, I live in the Northeast and um, we don't have those change of seasons like we used to. Um, it seems like we have like a very short spring and we go right into summer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that's that's and we used to get. We used to get all of our rain in the winter, like January, February, March was just constant rain. I remember when Megan first moved here, uh, my wife Megan first moved here, 
um, from Michigan and it rained for like 45 days straight. Whoa. And she was like, what the hell did you do? Like, why did you bring me to this place that just, it's just raining and flooding and like living um, in Oregon. What's that? That's like living in Oregon. Oh, I know. You know, uh, my grandparents live on the Oregon coast. They have since I was really little and, um, you know, in Oregon, they don't tan, they rust. <laughs> I like that. I've never heard that. Bump. Uh-huh. I like it. That's cool. Yeah, that's where we're actually planning on retiring with the rest of the Californians. Um, northern Oregon and or uh, southern Washington. Yeah. Oh, well, that's so nice. We can try to escape the fires. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You guys have been through some of those already in Colorado again. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I have a friend who grew up here. We live in Sonoma County, which is about an hour north of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a friend who grew up here and then moved last year, I think, to Colorado oh. and almost like within a month, almost lost her house to a oh. fire. Oh, yeah, that's so sad. My uh, my sister-in-law's nephew and his wife lost their house. and But luckily, she was home and got, they have dogs and horses, and she got everybody loaded up and, and out. Um, and he was able to meet up with them. Um, so they were all safe at least, but they lost everything. We, we thought we were going to lose our house in 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2019 um and we were you know we were evacuated for over a week wow. um and it's really interesting when you're in situations like that because you know you look around at your house and you think oh man I would miss this and and oh, I would be heartbreaking to lose this and it would it absolutely would but in that moment when you're in the car and you have everything you care about, you know, like really, that really matters. Like all the living, breathing creatures that, that matter to you are in the car with you. Um, and you're safe. Um, that's really, it it really is all that matters. That's home, right? Yeah. Yeah. All that other stuff is just stuff. It's just stuff. And yeah, yeah, it would be, it would absolutely be heartbreaking. And I feel terrible for people that, lose their homes and it's displayed, you know, they're displaced for, you know, who knows how long. And they've, yeah. like, it was right across the street from us. It got right across the street. Our neighbor, we live in a court and the neighbor across the street's backyard was on Good Morning America. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So that was a scary thing That's to see close. on the news. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, isn't that Debbie's yard? <laughs> well, yeah, it is Debbie's yard. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good. That's not good. Like Holy we thought smoke. for sure, we thought for sure that our house was, gone and they like all of the um we live next to a our house border is a 250 acre regional park over 90 percent of the park burned oh my goodness um and if it had gotten into the neighborhood it would have taken out our entire little town i mean it just would have you know swooped right through Wow. and uh but um they got all of the fire departments in the area and focused in that regional park and they were able to i mean there were like a few houses on the perimeter Mm -hmm. that were lost but um 
they were able to stop it. Wow. And so, I mean, it was so emotional when we were allowed to come home. Um, the, like the firemen were out there on, you know, like going into our little development. Yeah. Um, they were out there with signs that said, welcome home. And Aww. man, it was just, we were just bawling and I'm people sure. were stopping and hugging them. And oh we're all very appreciative of first responders here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is, that sounds just like overwhelming, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and that's, you know, Megan uh, was like, we're, when we retire, she's like, I don't want to be running from fires when we're yeah. old, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That does, doesn't sound fun. Yeah. So you can't deal with the stress for that long. And it's sad because it's so beautiful here. Uh, but yeah. But, you know. Yeah. So, Angie, for um, our listeners who don't know, do you want to um, tell everyone uh, who is Megan that you're speaking of? Um, Megan O'Brien, who is also, she's also an author. Yeah. She writes, um, my favorite books. Aww. <laughs> that's why, uh, that's why she, that's why we met as I was in her fan club. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I was in her, it's not really like a fan club, I guess, but she had a Yahoo group. Uh-huh. And, um, and I was in her Yahoo group and I was actually married at the time. Um, and I wrote a little thing in the Yahoo group and this is like before. So this was when she was just writing stuff online. She wasn't published yet. Okay. Um, so this was but some like time I ago. Gone to, um, Academy of Bards and, you know, read, uh, a bunch of authors stuff on there. And it was kind of my introduction to lesbian fiction as it is to many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Anyway, so this was in uh, 2000, like 2004. And anyways, so I was in her, I joined her Yahoo group because the Yahoo group got like special stories that weren't, uh, were only in the Yahoo group. Oh, wow. And um, anyway, so I posted this little, it was just like two or three paragraphs about going to the sex shop good vibes in san francisco with my then wife who who i'd been with for 12 years um and i you know just kind of it was just kind of a this funny story about something that happened at um at good vibes and she messaged me she ended up messaging me and she was like hey and she you know was in a relationship um and she ended up messaging me and was just like hey I really liked the thing that you read and, you know, thank you for sharing it. And it was really funny and, you know, blah, blah. Anyways, we, we became really good friends. Yeah. And then fast forward, you know, a bit later and we were both single. Yeah. And we were best friends and we were like, Hey, I like you and you like me. (laughs) How about that? Were you still in Texas at the time? Oh, no, I was here. Okay. She moved out here. Okay. I imported her. Okay. <laughs> She's a Midwest I, I girl, huh? I didn't want to like, date any of the lesbians here, so I decided <laughs> I would import <laughs> import one from Michigan. Male, male order I know bride? What I was no, I'm teasing. <laughs> Those Midwestern girls. Yes, yes. They seem shy, but they're not. Uh-huh, yeah. How about that? 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. I never knew that story. That's a great story. Wonderful. Great. I still fangirl over her all the time. I hear that. That is, that is so sweet. Really? That really is. How long have you guys been together since? Um, almost 17 years. It'll be 17 years next month. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. We all the time were like, first of all, how is it possible that we've been together that long? And second, how can we be that old? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't talk about age. (laughs) Yeah. Well, happy anniversary a month ahead of time. Thank you. That's awesome. So you have like with, with that whole fire story, that's good fodder for, a nice lesbian novel. Right? Yeah. Have, have I know. I've thought about that. Have you? I, I have, but um, I don't know. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I was in the Coast Guard uh, when I first got out of high school. I joined the Coast Guard. And that was during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I, I think now about even, you know, writing um, – a Coast Guard book because I, I love, you know, um, I, I loved a lot about being in the Coast Guard. I'm super proud of being a Coastie and, um, and, and being able to contribute in that way, like not to take anything away from any of the Department of Defense services, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel that the Coast Guard is, is kind of a unique, special, um, group of people because, they're, uh, you know, I just, I, I lived it. Like I saw what, what they put themselves through and, and I was stationed in Alaska. Oh. And so I, I wasn't, you know, I know it's, it's kind of a different, uh, thing if you're, um, in Florida and my, yeah. my uncle is in the coast guard. He was stationed in Florida. He's like, don't let anybody know that you're in the coast guard cause they will hate you and blah, blah. I was stationed in Alaska and I, I don't think I ever paid for a drink. Like, Wow people like and all along like i i think that the west coast you know all the way up into alaska they love coasties because all of them like they would just we would come into a bar and they would find out we were in the coast guard and they would all just be like oh my brother you know got saved by coasties or my uncle or you know whatever Mm -hmm. like they all had these really terrifying interesting stories about um you know, thinking that they that there was no way they were going to survive, and then yeah. the Coast Guard, you know, shows up and plucks them out of the situation, and um, so they're all just super appreciative, and you know, I don't know, that gives you just a good uh, warm and fuzzy about being part of that organization. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> the Coast Guard doesn't get all the recognition that the other uh, military sects get. Right? It doesn't because it's not Department of Defense. Aha, that's why. Yeah, so I mean, it's a it's a branch of the military, but <clears throat> it's not Department of Defense. Okay. Um, but but what I was gonna say about that was um, that you know I would like to write this Coast Guard story, but being in during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and this of course wasn't just Coast Guard; this was any military service. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was in a relationship at the time with the Jody, who was the um, person I was talking about before mm-hmm. that I was with. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I've, I've only had two girlfriends <laughs> and I married both of them. Um, <laughs> That's great. 
and so, you know, Jody and I were in um, during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and it was this constant fear that I mean, we couldn't let anybody know. We couldn't let our friends know. We couldn't let anybody know because you just never knew. That sucks. You know, like Jody had a, a really good friend that she trusted and and ended up telling. And then um, she was getting out of the Coast Guard in her normal time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the end of her enlistment. And he wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still had like a year or two mm-hmm. and they were like, no, we're not going to let you go early. You know, you, you signed up for this amount of time. And so he got mad and went to the command and reported us. Oh my God. And it could have been bad. Like it could have really, really, really been bad. Um, thankfully we were very fortunate in that the, um, the command, the guy he, you know, mm-hmm. reported us to, uh, was basically like, well, is this, uh, so you're saying you knew this for years. And he was like, yeah, I've been friends with them for years. And, and he was like, okay, so we'll prosecute you yeah, for knowing for years and not saying anything unless you want to retract your statement. And Good. so, you know, we, we lucked out because that guy, but, but because that, of that guy knew a dick when that, he saw one. Like, it's hard for me to, like, I almost have to keep the Coast Guard in this box and then being a lesbian in this box. Yeah. Even though I know that now they can live completely out and open and it's beautiful and, you know, but it's hard, like, it's hard to get over that fear. And and I think that is the, the same with the fire, at least at this point, you know, maybe once I retire and I'm not living here and, but every year we're afraid that, um, Every time the wind picks up and it's hot. And that that's trauma, you know. It is. It's it's absolutely PTSD. I mean, everybody here um feels that way. You know, it's just you just never know. Every and the fire seasons are getting longer and longer. Yeah. Um, they're starting earlier, they're stopping later. And yeah. So, you know, I, I like I've wanted to go to um p-town uh to provincetown mm-hmm. in uh, massachusetts for years and years and years like i've always wanted to go and i can't because it's in october yeah and um october september october are the worst yeah the driest the driest and the windiest and so that's like the the most dangerous time and so we just we can't we can't go anywhere during that time so yeah, yeah. Oh, Anyways, but but that maybe uh, someday I'll look back and not be as connected to it and yeah yeah and write things. hopefully hopefully that would be wonderful yeah and you can write about it maybe and maybe that would be cathartic for you right yeah exactly yeah for sure um and and that tells me about your connection to Alaska also because I was going to yeah. ask you about that because um you have this book coming out very soon. Yes, um, um, August 16th, which August. is the day before my wife's birthday. Ah. Yeah, happy birthday, Happy Megan. birthday, Megan. So August I didn't 16th. write this one for her, though. But. <laughs> um, it is called Love and Other Rare Birds, and it actually is set in Alaska, right? It is, yeah. And so how did you decide on that setting? Um, Well, I've always loved Alaska. I grew up in the desert in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I, my, you know, like I said before, my grandparents 
lived on the Oregon coast in Coos Bay and they ran a, a marine biology camp when I was a kid. So oh, cool. that was a super awesome summer, you know, summers um, to spend just kind of free reign running around wherever I wanted to go on these acres and acres and acres of redwoods and slough and going to the beach every day. And um, it was a lot of fun. But that's cool. Um, so I grew up in the desert and I used to watch shows like Northern Exposure or okay. you know, nature documentary documentaries about Alaska. And I just I always wanted to go to Alaska. So when I joined the Coast Guard, I scored high enough on the ASVAB, which is a test you take that kind of uh, decides what job you can do in the Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you score um if you score, you know, really high, then you have more um, choices. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and if you score like a certain amount in electronics, then you can go into electronics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I scored high. And when, when you score well on the test, they want to uh, give you incentives to join. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I scored high enough that they were like, okay, if you join, you will send you wherever you want to go out of boot camp. Nice. And I wasn't a fan of Texas. Um, you know, now that I'm older, I'm able to kind of separate the bad from the good things about Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, there are, believe it or not, good things about Texas. <laughs> it's just not, it's not uh, the politics of Texas. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, you know. I wanted to get as far away from Texas as I possibly could. And I mean, Alaska seemed like the best option. So that is far (laughs) away. (laughs) So I, yeah, I went up there and I was on a ship in the Bering Sea for a year. Cool. Um, And then I went to navigator school. So I was a navigator of a 378 foot cutter and uh, was stationed in Alameda, California, which is uh, right outside of San Francisco on a ship that went to Alaska. So we would go to Alaska to the Bering Sea for three months and then we would come home for a month and then we'd go to the Bering Sea and back and forth. But, um, so I basically spent about four years in Alaska. So that's very cool. So yeah, on Kodiak Island. So I was stationed on Kodiak Island where the bears are. Oh, cool. Um, and it was just, I mean, you know, I remember getting off of the plane for the first time and I, I was just, I mean, it takes your breath away. Yeah. I, it's I unreal. Like there's a crispness of the air. Um, and I mean, it's like you're uh, watching something in HD. Wow. You know, you watch shows in HD, like yeah. uh, let's say a nature documentary or something where it's just beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And you're like, man, when I go, you know, walk outside, like, you know, there may be mountains here or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's just, there's something almost unreal about that. And that's how Alaska is. It's just incredibly, incredibly beautiful. That's on our list of places to visit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Megan had never been and um, for her um, 40th birthday, we went to, um, we did a cruise and I was very kind of against doing a cruise because I, um, was on a ship mm-hmm. and she was like, look, they're not going to make you polish brass. 
You know, (laughs) you're not going to have to get up in the middle of the night and stand a watch. Like, um, it's going to be cool. And, uh, so it was my first cruise and we did it in 2019. Did you like it? Um, so we got in just in time. Yeah. Um, before, you know, all hell broke loose. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was so nice to be back up there. And, um, you know, some of the excursions we did were just basically just hikes, you know, through, um, like wooded areas. And we saw a bear. We were like really close to a bear at one point. Um, so is that I mean, not dangerously close? Mm-hmm. Like there were, there was, you know, we were there with guides and, um, the bear was kind of in water, you know, a, a, a bit off, but close enough where we could take pictures and see. And, you know, it was all just, it was a fairly safe situation. Although yeah. Megan was holding on to the hoodie of my jacket. <laughs> like, like I was going to just suddenly stand up and walk towards the bear. She was like, yeah. <laughs> she's so, like keeping me back. Oh my god! <laughs> but goodness. I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. So is that uh, is that something you could draw upon for your book, Love and Other Rare Birds, that experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tell us about I, it. Just being there, you know, uh, like a lot of the, the for me, I feel like um, the scenery and the setting is, is almost another character. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And it it really helped me. Like, I don't know if I had never been there, if I would have had the same feelings. Does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Because. Been able to, like, you, you know, I you could felt talk it. About, I could write something about somebody going to, um, you know, Australia, but I, I've never, I've watched a lot of shows set in Australia, but I would, I wouldn't know, like that experience I wouldn't have that emotional connection to it so I I do think that it helped um kind of bridge that you know emotional connection so tell tell our listeners about love and other rare birds what is it about yeah so I gotta think of how to describe it without giving everything away Megan's always like don't tell everybody everything they're not gonna get the book um it's a great book by the way and I will say that um my lovely wife came up with the title which I'm very happy about yeah it's a nice I love the title yeah um and uh so it is about um an ornithologist who um has has kind of lived in her father's shadow her whole life her dad when she was young, her dad had his own nature show and, um, and she would go on these, um, adventures with him during filming. Um, and so she had a lot of experience with, you know, that kind of thing. And then, uh, as she got older, when she was like in her teens, her dad, um, uh, ran for a congressional seat or whatever. No, he's a Senator. He was a Senator. Mm Um, and, and then it, it, it really turned like their relationship turned and he, um, became this, you know, politician mm-hmm. and not that guy that he was before. And so they kind of, you know, there was a kind of a rift between them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they love each other and whatever, but, um, but it, it wasn't the same. So anyway, she's always kind of been in his shadow because he was this famous biologist and, 
And so she really wants to prove to herself and to everyone that that she um, can be kind of uh, important and successful on her own. Mm -hmm. So um, part of that, she knows it. So she works at a place that is that I made up that but is is basically the Monterey Bay Aquarium in Monterey, California. Yeah, Um, that's a great aquarium. We were there. Yeah, I love that aquarium. So she uh, basically works there and uh, takes care of the um, seabirds and um and so she wants to promote and, you know, possibly be on the board at some point. And she knows to do that, she's going to have to um, be do field work mm-hmm. to be taken seriously. She's going to have to do field work. So she hears about this bird that she's always been uh, fascinated with um, called the uh, northern curlew, which is an, is an actual bird. It is. Uh, it's more commonly known as the Eskimo curlew. Um, but it's also known as the Northern Curlew, and I just felt like Northern cur- Curlew over Eskimo Curlew was more appropriate mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I think Inuit people don't, they don't really want to be called Eskimo. Uh, it's the name of the bird. It's not, you know, but yep. I don't know. Have I you ever seen cool. a Northern Curlew? Northern Curlew is what uh, I, I call it in the book, which is it is an is a less common name for the same burlu, bur, a bird called a uh, Eskimo curlew. Mm-hmm. So just like in the book, um, in real life, this bird used to be extremely common. It was everywhere. They had this uh, gigantic migration from, uh, I believe, South America uh, all the way to. Canada and Alaska um and but there were no restrictions on hunting them because there were so many uh-huh. and so not only were they over hunted I mean they were like pigeons right they were everywhere mm-hmm. not only were they over hunted but um the um their habitat in the midwest states that they would pass through became farmland and and no longer had the you know food uh, that they needed because um, they they basically needed grasslands um, and so you know as all of that was farmed mm-hmm. um, they uh, just there became fewer and fewer of them um, so the last confirmed sighting is in the sixties and. Um, and there, there is a, a there was a reported sighting in the eighties, like mid eighties, but there, there's there was no confirmation. Okay. Um. So the last confirmed sighting was in the sixties. So she hears that that there's a sighting of this bird that is on the very likely ex, uh, extinct list. Mm-hmm. Um. So she um, jumps at the opportunity to go up there and. Uh, see if she can prove like if she can prove that this bird still exists Mm -hmm. then that's huge that's a huge career uh, you know move for her and could get her everything she wants like Mm -hmm. she's that's what's what she's always wanted something like that the notoriety and and respect and so they say take that dad yeah exactly (laughs) sucker um so (laughs) they send her up there uh and they pair her with um a, uh, a, a park ranger uh, named Rowan Fleming, who is um, 
who is kind of a, uh, recluse, you know, she's like, um, she's a pilot and kind of lives, um, you know, off the grid a lot. I grew up, uh, she's, she's half Inuit. So she, she grew up, uh, her mother was like a, a village, uh, leader, like a town leader. And mm-hmm. so she grew up and kind of learning to live off the land and, and everything else. So, but she is really more focused on rescues and, um, uh, you know, park ranger stuff in that way, not, uh, birds hanging out with this scientist uh you know being the scientist uh um uh donkey that's gonna just carry all <laughs> all of her stuff you know <laughs> like that's not really what uh she had in mind yeah um and so she's a little uh frustrated that that they are assigning this to her and um kind of blames it on the fact that um, Jamie, who's the ornithologist's father, is this, you know, famous person. Like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Of course you're going to get what you want. Of course they're going to bend over backwards for you. Um, and uh, anyway, so there's some tension um, because of that. But they're out there for months, so they're basically out there for um, the summer, you know, looking for this bird. And they... They, you know, during that time, they just kind of learn to put their preconceived notions about who the other one is um, and learn to um, look a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. there's a chance that they fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, those two characters were uh, seemingly opposite, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was thinking it made me think of that old adage, you know, opposites attract. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think there's something to that? Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because uh, Megan and we, you know, taught we had a we in, interviewed with you uh, after this. But <clears throat> Megan and um, Aurora Ray and I just did, did a novella collection uh-huh. um, called Opposites Attract. Yes. <laughs> um um, but yeah, I, I do think there is something with that. I think that, and I, you know, uh, I think like, for instance, with my ex-wife, and I don't think this is why we didn't last, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we were much more alike. Okay. Um, and Megan and I are opposite in so, so many ways. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, I think that my first marriage was, there were like a lot of wonderful things about it and being alike in so many ways, um, helped in that, you know, we both like to build things and we both like to fix things and, you know, we like to do kind of these same things. Um, but, and Megan would never fix anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, she'll fix something if it's like on a computer, you know, she's a, a nerd and she'll fix like computer things. Um, super smart, incredibly, incredibly intelligent, but she is not somebody who the, you know, the door on the, uh, uh, washing machine isn't working. Mm-hmm. She's just going to call somebody, mm-hmm. um, where I'm like, my dad like raised me where, you know, 
you better you gotta try like you gotta you don't call somebody for that <laughs> and megan gets so mad at me because she's like god can we just call somebody i'm like no i can do it <laughs> oh but, yeah um you know we're, we're just very different like i'm an extrovert she's an introvert mm-hmm. um and yeah. you know and from her perspective she says all the time that <clears throat> with me being an extrovert I'm able to kind of carry that um, the conversations mm-hmm. and let her kind of build up to that. Mm-hmm. Take a back seat a little bit. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. No worries. I think uh, Megan is coming home right now. All right. Mama's home. <laughs> um, and the kids and, and so I, I think that, yeah, the... Um, that, that that helps like the opposites you know being opposites really helps yeah. so do you know anyone who are similar to jamie and rowan like were they based um on anyone that you knew and and you know if so or even if not like what kind of character development did you do for them um um i think uh <clears throat> i don't think rowan i i don't think either one of them is really like us other than their banter okay so i think personality wise mm-hmm. uh they're they're you know made up people like mm-hmm. um maybe there's some similarities here and there but <clears throat> um but their banter and uh kind of how they interact with each other i think uh there there is a lot of that 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 kind of resonates um with you know how our our relationship is um megan read it after you know so you you write a book and then um you go through the editing process and blah 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 and then they send you the proofs which is like okay this is your last time to read this and it's like looks like a book because sometimes when they put it into that book format it gets a little wonky Mm mm-hmm they're like, okay, you know, last time to read it before it's going to go to the publisher so you can catch any little mistakes that happen. So when 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 it was at that point, that was the first time Megan had read it was um, when it got to the proofs part. No. Oh. And um, and it was funny because she um, she said to me, uh, you know, like all through the book, she kept saying this is totally what I would say to you. This is totally <laughs> something I would say to you. Okay. So you, you really like, I don't know, you know, uh, captured your relationship, that back and forth. Um, you were able to do that and uh, put it on these characters. Yeah. I love that. I, I love it. And, in books that I read from, you know, other authors, I love it. And, um, I, I do it in, in the, you know, and I, I, I hope that the, the personalities of the characters are different, mm-hmm. but, um, I think that banter, you know, like when, uh, characters can banter back and forth with each other, I think that that just shows a, a closeness Yeah. that, um, that it would be hard to capture without that. Yeah. No, you're right. You're definitely right. And and you know, um I have not quite finished the book, but I'm almost finished with it and I really like it and I like both Rowan and Jamie. Um I really oh, do. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Really like when I won't spoil anything, but when it started out I wasn't so sure. 
but yeah. Uh, uh, like with Jamie? Yeah. But it's Yeah, good. it's, it's so funny, funny because <clears throat> I'm a lover, not a fighter. And, um, <laughs> and, and so I struggle with that. Like Megan loves to write angst, man. She's just like, oh my God, angst is my favorite part. And for me, angst is like, oh God, I, you know, it I just makes don't want, me I want to kiss the kissing part. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I want to get to the part where they're flirting and they're kissing with each other. Yeah. But there's no conflict, you know, if, if that's what you do. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. It would be an awfully short novel because yeah. there's no conflict. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, this is the first book I've done where there was, um, this is my first book where there was kind of this angst between the characters in the beginning. And, um, and so I, I really, I was trying to find a balance. Like I, I mm-hmm. wanted them to kind of both be a little short with each other. Yeah. But I didn't want to drag that out. And and you want your reader to like them, right? Right. So yeah, no, you pulled it off. Great job. Oh, good. Yeah. No, really. You did a great job. Good, good, good. So, so I'm imagining, Angie, you didn't have to do a whole lot of research in terms of setting, um, but um, did, did you have to do other kinds? I had to do so much research with birds because I, I just really, I grew up with a parrot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's very different from birds in the wild. Yeah. And uh, I've just never really... Um, you know, I think birds are beautiful and I've found birds fascinating, but, um, I've never really done research on them, but, um, but, you know, like, uh, at one point Jamie, um, talks about an albatross Mm -hmm. and when, uh, my son was younger, I took him, we used to take him to the Monterey Bay Aquarium all the time, um, it's three hours away, but we had a membership because he just loved it so much. Um, and anyways, we went one time and they had an albatross and I just, I thought it was just such a fascinating bird. And, um, and so she talks about, um, you know, I really wanted to convey like how nerdy this was for her, you know, Mm -hmm. like how passionate she was about birds because I think when anybody's passionate about whatever they're passionate about like when they talk about it it's it's you know uh, kind of on an emotional level they're not just spitting out these facts that um like they're reading it off of a page like you know they're talking about it like oh like you can hear or or feel the excitement in their words and and that's hard to do when you're writing a book because it's not you know, that's not like somebody is talking to you. Yeah. So I really tried to make that like kind of show that passion just, you know, with words on a page um, about how uh, excited and fascinated she was. Yeah. I mean, because to dedicate your life to birds, right, yeah. you'd have to be pretty geeked about them. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny? Uh, I like I'm reading this book, right? And it's about the, what is it? An ornithologist? Mm -hmm. And so I just met somebody, we were talking and she's like, I I don't know. She's like, yeah, and my sister's an ornithologist. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It was just like so (laughs) random. Like, yeah. uh, You know, it's not like someone you meet every day. Yeah, I know. So, so um, 
Will there be a sequel to this? Like, or have you ever considered writing a sequel? Probably not. Um, I, like, I, um, that's, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't written anything yet that I feel like, oh, I could totally do a sequel for this or, you know, this would be open for a sequel. I mean, I wouldn't be against, like, writing something short. Okay. But, uh, you know, the the vast majority of the book, almost the entire book, they're completely alone. Yeah. In the middle of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with w- nobody around. Oh, there was so a bear. A lot of times with sequels, there are characters introduced yeah. um, that then those characters will get a book. Yeah. And they're just, unless I give the bear uh, a love interest or... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And that's how a lot of sequels are born is through the secondary characters yeah. uh, having their own story. Yeah, definitely. So so um, what is next for you? Or, like, are you do you have anything in mind? Um, you know, this I, do. I actually just signed a contract. Whoa. With BSB for my next um, novel, which the first draft is due December 1st. Wow, that's soon. Yeah. Huh? That's soon. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, part of me is like, oh, I've got, I've got time. And then part of me is like, oh, my God, I can't because I tend to think about it and then and write a little bit here write a little bit there but I don't really put myself on a schedule and then at the end it's kind of a mad rush panic to yeah um get it turned in yeah um especially during the pandemic man I gotta tell you it was not easy to write a book during the pandemic because you're just oh man it's like it's so weird I mean you know it's just so weird when you're not interacting with people you're not yeah and then to write this it's like you kind of don't even want to think about yeah um people living in a world that yeah. <laughs> it's so much better yeah. i guess they're not doing yeah not dealing with this but anyways um i mean not that the pandemic was like super horrible for us it was totally fine like i you know got locked away with my best friend yeah um so it could have been much much worse yeah yeah Oh, although we did end up with four dogs by the end of the pandemic, because <laughs> I have a, I it's impossible for me to say no to Megan. Oh yeah, and so we just kept a, kept acquiring dogs. Oh, um, that's but, great though. Um, they they must a lot of animals kind of got shoved aside during the pandemic. Oh, I know. And now it was hard to get dogs during the pandemic. Like, you know, we really struggled to find dogs to adopt because yeah. all the shelters were cleaned out and you know yeah, I heard that and now it's hard to get vet appointments yeah well and now it's hard and now they're overwhelmed by all the dogs that have been you know returned and serious? so it's just hard I mean we love our dogs and would never give up our oh. um dogs like you know to to yeah. go get another dog yeah but um, that's so sad but it is, it's so sad that now, I mean, we, you know, follow all these different um, rescues on Facebook and it's like, I mean, they're just getting, they're getting every single day. 
these rescues are getting, you know, five, ten dogs Jeez. left with them. Like, oh, you goodness. know, yeah. and then they're trying to get dogs out of, um, out of, uh, shelter, uh, not shelters, but, um, dog pounds because they're, you know, yeah. yep. they're over full. And anyways, um, what was the question? I I'll go back to the question. <laughs> Oh, oh, well, look, we were just look, talking about look. writing during the pandemic, but yeah, right. uh, the, pandemic. Yeah, the original question was, you know, you said you had this book coming out uh, that was the first draft was due December 1st. Yes. So this new book is called um, The Only Fish in the Sea. Ah. And so I'm still working out the details, but basically it's going to be about a crab fisherman. Cool. A, a woman who has like been raised for generations uh, of you know she's like in a long line of crab fishermen uh-huh. on the Oregon coast. Very cool. And uh, and then the other main character is also uh, is is, is um, the um, daughter of like the rival fishing family. Ooh. So there are these two families that yeah. that are fishing. And, I mean, there's a lot of fishing families in this community, but these two are like big rivals with each other. Yeah. And so these two fall in love with each other. That sounds great. It sounds like a great Forbidden story. Forbidden love. Uh, yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> the Hatfields and the McCoys come to mind. That's right. <laughs> wow, that's great. So, so it's um, fun. It's fun doing research for that because that is also... You know, it's the Oregon coast. It's not Alaska, but, but, you know, I just, I was around that a lot, like crabbers and, um, you know, being on the ocean and coastal towns, stuff like that. I just, um, are near and dear to my heart. So, um, love and other rare birds, Mm -hmm. uh, comes out August 16th. Yes. And how would our listeners obtain that is that through bold strokes yeah i think august 16th is when it comes out on bold strokes through bold strokes and then usually it's a couple weeks later i think it comes out um on amazon okay all right yeah i think it's like the first of the month or something yeah is one and later is the other i don't know but yeah cool so um I really, really enjoyed that book, and and listeners, I would highly recommend it. Pick it up; uh, it's a it's another great one. Uh, Thank from, you from Angie Williams. Yeah, no, keep I, writing. I'm really excited about this one. Like, I love my my first two books, but I'm really excited about this one. Like, I feel like like um, I, I hope I'm like you know, kind of hitting my stride. Yeah, that's great, and and you're jumping right into another one. That's fantastic. Yeah. Really is so. Uh, Love and other rare birds is what number of publicated books? Three, uh, three published that are just mine, and then I was in that novella collection. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and that was great too. That's called Opposites Attract, right? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So, Angie, will we see you at the Golden Crown this year? Yes, I will be. In um, Albuquerque um, this year at GCLS, uh, my dad actually my my family homesteaded um, north of Albuquerque, kind of 
closer to um, like um, Taos and uh, uh-huh. Santa Fe, you know, like up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the mid 1800s. So cool. Um, my dad, you know, my I have a ton of family in that area, and my dad was born in Albuquerque. He lived in Boston for years, and um, now. He is back. He's gonna get. He's getting ready to retire. So he's living in Albuquerque again. So I'm Sweet. actually flying out there on July second, and I'm gonna hang out with my dad, and we're gonna go up to our family cabin in the mountains um, nice. that uh, almost burned. You know, speaking of fires, the uh, New Mexico fires. Jeez. I mean, it literally came up to um, right behind, like the trees behind our cabin burned. Yeah. Oh, and boy. then it went up the mountain, burned our family graveyard from the 1800s. Oh, my um, goodness. But, you know, we can clean those uh, yeah. gravestones. We were just extremely fortunate that it didn't burn our cabin. Um, Linda Sandoval. Yeah. Um, her family is also from uh, that area. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like a, a canyon over. Okay. Um, so we've decided we're cousins. Um, Probably. Even though we're we're not <laughs> probably not uh, genetically connected, but she uh, lost her family lost four of their five ancestral homes. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Just heartbreaking. Yeah, that is that really is. So I'm gonna go uh, visit my dad, and we're gonna go up and hopefully clean the gravestones and oh, uh, rebuild the fence, you know, around the graveyard and. Yeah. Um, Super. And spend a little time up there. I mean, that's, you know, that it's since before. I mean, I went up there when I was still in my mom's tummy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then Megan will fly out on Wednesday night. So Megan will be at GCLS also. Um, and then we'll be, so we'll be at um, Hotel Albuquerque in Old Town where the thing is. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. Until Sunday. So. Well, enjoy. Just a thing. If anybody listens to this and I see you in Albuquerque, I'm terrible with names and faces. So <laughs> people come up and just, go, just hey, the Andy. warning. Like, Hi. And I go, oh, the face looks so familiar, but I cannot put a name to this face. Yeah. Please don't be offended. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way. I am so good with faces. I recognize someone from grade school walking down the street in, in my neighborhood you know, but I, names, ah, uh, just, I'm bad. Totally. Yeah. Like, if they're like, I'm the one that has this dog, I'll be like, oh, yeah, totally. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Well, enjoy the conference. That sounds like. Are you going? No, I am not going oh, this year. No, yeah, 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 no. We were just out in Utah, so. Uh, nice. Yeah, that was nice. So, uh, yeah, a lot of. A lot going on here, so, uh, but enjoy. And uh, Well, you will be missed. Yes, I will miss you all. <laughs> so, but thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And listeners, be sure to pick up a copy of Love and Other Rare Birds by Angie Williams. It is a hit. You're going to love it. Um, awesome. It comes out August 16th. So, uh yeah. So you know. Thank you so much hey, for having me. Thank you. Um, I'm Anita Kelly, and thanks for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. Until next time, may your journey be lighthearted, peace be plenty, and be safe, folks. <laughs>